what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. Israel was about to conquer the seven nations of the Promised Land. They were to use the sword of the Lord to conquer the land. But before you can use the sword of the Lord on others, you first have to experience it for yourself. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me please to the book of 2 Kings, the book of 2 Kings chapter 2, 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 1, and it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And I want to stop right there and use for a subject this morning, Elisha's journey from Gilgal. Right after the fire fell on Mount Carmel, Elijah had all 450 prophets of Baal killed. Jezebel sent word to Elijah that she was going to kill him. And upon hearing that word, Elijah ran off into the wilderness, a 480-mile journey. If Jezebel was going to kill Elijah, why did she send the messenger? Why didn't she just send some soldiers to do him in? She didn't do it. Because she knew she couldn't do it. She was afraid that those soldiers would end up like her 450 prophets of Baal. But Elijah believed this. He did this because he believed a lie. A lot of our problems today is because we believe a lie. A lot of the problems in our country today is because we believe a lie. This past election went crazy because people believed a lie. And if we're not careful, this upcoming election is in trouble because people are believing a lie. He ran 480 miles into the wilderness and he came to Mount Horeb and the Lord spoke to him in a still small voice, straightened him out. The Lord knows what to do to straighten you out. And sometimes it takes something drastic to get your attention. And sometimes it's just a still, small voice. 
dear brother out in the parking lot this morning, he told me about a dream that the Lord gave him. Son passed away 12 years ago. The pain of that really never goes away. The desire to see a lost loved one can still be there many years after they have passed. The Lord knew my brother's need, and in that dream, he was able to reach out and touch his son. And the Lord satisfied the need of his heart. Glory to God. God knows what you have need of today. He knows your heart, and He can meet that need. And as Elijah was in that cave in Horeb, God met his need. God straightened him out. God told him, He said, I want you to go back. And on the way, I want you to anoint Elisha, the son of Shaphat, to be a prophet in your house. Elijah did not know who Elisha was. He had never met this young man before. So he was going to have to follow the leading and guidance of the Holy Spirit in order to find Elisha. And while on his journey, he saw a young man behind 12 yoke of oxen. And God the Holy Ghost said, that's the one. And Elijah went to Elisha, pulled off his mantle, and laid it upon Elisha. And Elisha knew by this action that he was to follow Elijah. Almost immediately, the Bible says that Elisha killed that yoke of oxen made a feast for his friends and family, and departed to follow Elijah. At the time of our text today, it had been ten years. During that period of time, I'm sure Elisha followed Elijah to many places. But our journey today will start in Gilgal, we'll leave Gilgal and go to Bethel. From Bethel, we'll go to Jericho. From Jericho, we will go to Jordan. Each of these places are very prominent in Israel's history. And particular events and things took place in these places. And as Elisha followed Elijah to these places, I'm sure the Lord ministered to him in some way to prepare him for what God had for him to do. And as we begin our journey today in Gilgal, and then we go to these other places... My prayer is that the Lord will minister to you and prepare you for what God has for you and what the Lord has for me as well. We begin in Gilgal. The Bible says, 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 1, It came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah 
went with Elisha from Gilgal. As Elisha stood there in Gilgal, he saw a monument of stones erected there by the riverside. And Gilgal was the first place that Israel came to when they entered the promised land. Gilgal would be the place where Israel would set out from to conquer the promised land. Gilgal means rolled away. Some 550 years earlier, when Israel came from the wilderness side of the Jordan River, it had flooded the banks up to two miles across, some 40 feet deep. God told Joshua, here is where you're supposed to cross at. And the question comes into his mind, how in the world are we going to get through this? Some of you under the sound of my voice, you look at your present situation and you have that same question. How in the world am I going to get through this? God spoke to Joshua and said, I want you to have the priest to take up the ark of God, carry it out into the midst of the Jordan River. And as those priests bearing the ark of God upon their shoulders stepped to the brim of the water, those waters rolled away. Hence the name Gilgal. Gilgal means rolled away. It rolled back wide enough for two to three million Israelites to go across on dry ground. Miracle of miracles. But I want you to look at Joshua chapter 4 and verse 9. The Bible says that Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priest which bear the Ark of the Covenant stood, and they are there unto this day. They were to take twelve stones from the wilderness side of Jordan out to the middle of the river and leave them there. And when those priests came up out of the river, the waters would come back and cover the stones to where they could not be seen anymore. It is a type of what the Lord has done for us. It signified the death and burial of Israel's past, their sin and unbelief, wandering around in the wilderness for 40 years. In essence, God was saying, that's over with. It's in the past. You don't have to worry about it anymore. The Lord is saying to us that our sins, He's forgot about it. They're covered. They're buried. Not to be remembered against us anymore. Oh, but I know we got some deeper leapers out there. Instead of putting on the armor of God, they like to put on scuba gear. 
And they like to go swimming down in the depth of those murky waters of Jordan, trying to find stuff and dragging it back up. Does anybody hear what I'm saying? You got people out there that are like that. People are going to dig up stuff in your past and they're going to throw it in your face, friend. But don't worry about what people do. Worry about what God has done. And there's no need to worry about what God's done because everything that God's done is good. He said, it's buried, it's covered, I ain't bringing it up anymore and you stop bringing it up. Hello? Glory to God. It's covered, it's over. But then... He told Joshua, if you'll look there, Joshua 4, verse 8, The children of Israel did as Joshua commanded, and they took up twelve stones out of the midst of Jordan, as the Lord spake unto Joshua, and carried them over with them unto the place where they lodged, and laid them down there. This was to be a monument to the power of God. A monument of what God can do. Took those stones out of the Jordan River and placed them in Gilgal. And as Elisha stood there in Gilgal that day and looked at those stones, he was reminded of what God did for Israel. And why would God want these men to take these stones and build a monument. What was its reason? What was its purpose? Everything that God does, there's a reason and a purpose for it. Look down in verse 20, Joshua 4 and verse 20. And those twelve stones which they took out of Jordan did Joshua pitch in Gilgal. And he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask, What mean these stones? You tell them that Israel came out of this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan from before you until you were passed over. That all the people of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that he might fear the Lord your God forever. Elisha was reminded of what God did when he looked at those stones. And folks, you and I need to be reminded of what God has done on our behalf. We need to be reminded. And let me tell you today, you, you, you read this and you say, well, Brother James, this is great that God would perform such a miracle on behalf of Israel, but I don't know about my situation. You see, you look at your situation today and it's flooded all out of control and there's nothing you can do. Let me tell you what the Word of God says. Romans 2.11, the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. In Hebrews 13, 8, the Bible says that Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And let me tell you, what he's done for others, my friend, he'll do it for you. 
He loves you today. And he'll work all things for the good to those that love him and are the called according to his purpose. The hand of the Lord is mighty. I said, the hand of the Lord is mighty. And those mighty hands were nailed to a cross 2,000 years ago when Jesus Christ died for you on Calvary. He took your sin away. He took my sin away, opening up the door for the power of the Holy Spirit to work within the hearts and lives of all of those who will believe. The hand of the Lord is mighty. Oh, take his hand today. Put your hand in the hand of the man that stilled the waters. Glory to God. Put your hand in the hand of the one who can make a difference. The Bible says in Philippians 4.19, My God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, by those hands that were nailed at Calvary. God wants to meet your need today. And Elisha was reminded when he looked at those stones what the power of God can do. As he stood there in Gilgal, he looked over and he saw the hill of foreskins. It's actually called that. Joshua chapter 5 and verse 2. The Bible says, at that time the Lord said unto Joshua, Make thee sharp knives, and circumcise again the children of Israel the second time. This was a whole new generation of Israel. The older generation had passed away in the wilderness because of their sin of unbelief. But now this new generation had come across And they're in the promised land now. And many of the men had not been circumcised according to the law of Moses. And God commands now that such be done. You see, Israel was about to conquer the seven nations of the promised land. And they were to be used of God in doing this. They were to use the sword of the Lord to conquer the land. But before you can use the sword of the Lord on others, you first have to experience it for yourself. Did you hear what I said? Let let me say it again. Before... You can use the sword of the Lord on others. You first got to experience it for yourself. Had a man to come up to me this week. I'm going to be preaching a revival here in a few weeks. A man came up to me, Brother James, I'm sure looking forward to you coming preaching that revival. I've heard you preach on the radio, and brother, you really share it down. There's some folks in that church that really need to hear what you got to say. I said, well, what about you? 
How many times do people sit in church and they hear the preacher preach and they sit there and they say, oh, brother, so-and-so really need to hear that. Lord, I wish so-and-so was here today. They sure need to hear that message right there. You need to apply that word to your life just as much as it needs to be applied to theirs. And Israel had the experience that razor edge before they could go out and conquer Canaan land. Circumcision. We have the separation of flesh. And you as a child of God, me as a child of God, we're to be separate from that which is conducive to sin. Circumcision. Separation. The Lord said, Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and I will receive you unto myself. We're separated from that which is of the world to that which is of God. And only those who are living a circumcised life can be effective in their witness for the Lord. Did you hear me? Let me say it again. Only those who are living a circumcised spiritual life are going to be effective in their witness for the Lord. Why are there so many empty pews in our churches today? Because our witness is ineffective because we're not living a circumcised life. Separating ourselves from that which drags us away from God. Are you hearing me? In the New Testament, it's a spiritual circumcision. Colossians 2. Julie, if you will, pull it up on the screen. Colossians 2, verse 8. Paul said, Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also you were circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ. What is that? What is he talking about? He's talking about the day that you got saved and accepted Christ as your Savior. The Holy Spirit came in and performed a spiritual circumcision on you. He separated you from the sin nature to where that sin nature no longer has control over you. You've been circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who has raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, as he quickened together with him, that's the Holy Spirit, coming into your life, making you spiritually alive. You were dead in sins. 
but now you're quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against you, which was contrary to you, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. So when Elisha stood there in Gilgal and he saw those stones sitting there as a monument, he was reminded of what God did for Israel, the stones and what they represented. The past is gone. He was reminded of what the power of God can do. And as he stood there and looked at the hill, he was reminded of the importance of a separated life. A separated life from the world and that which is conducive to sin, to that which is of God. And this was the launching point for Israel in the days of Joshua. This too would be the launching point for Elisha. We begin here in Gilgal. Next week, we're going to go to Bethel. Come on back and be with us next week if you can. today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And every Sunday morning, we have Sunday school starting at 9 o'clock and worship service at 10, as well as Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are broadcast to the parking lot for those of you who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.